0: Are you passionate about creating a physical product, something you can touch, feel, or taste, and then get paid for it by those that love what you've created? Well, the Product Launch Rebel podcast is the one for you, where you get insider tips on how to spot an opportunity, manufacture your product, get financing, and achieve the independence you've always dreamed about. It's time to crank it up with your host, product developer, investor, and founder of Venturesuperfly.com, John Benzik.
1: Greetings Venture Superfly leaders, this is John Benzik from VentureSuperfly.com, the website that helps you double your entrepreneurial courage, even if you don't know what you're doing. Today on the Product Launch Rebel podcast is just me, just me, myself, and I. I am the special guest today, I will be talking about a topic that affects all of us, and not just those of you that are aspiring entrepreneurs. It's a topic that I presented live at in-person events but I've never talked about this topic on my podcast. It's one of my favorite topics and one that I've dealt with personally and extensively especially since becoming an entrepreneur for the first time way back in 1999. So what is that topic? Well it's the topic of rejection. More specifically, This episode will reveal my top eight tips on how to conquer rejection, even if you're in a sea of self-doubt. And please be aware that I have a free e-guide that can help you avoid rejection by up to 75% when requesting things from important people. The guide can be accessed through this episode page on the VentureSuperFly.com website. Of course, we all experience rejection, even on a daily basis. And over time, we tend to find ways to avoid it. But I think that's wrong because, of course, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So why do I talk about rejection? Well, one of the key reasons is that in my presentations to aspiring entrepreneurs on how to launch a business, I came to realize that even though I could teach people the nuts and bolts of launching a product or planning or starting a business, one of the key hidden obstacles within most of the students was their reluctance or their fear of approaching people that could help them with their business or that fear of rejection or of looking stupid. To get a new business off the ground of course requires talking to lots of people. And that makes you feel vulnerable, especially when you're trying to figure things out and exposing your lack of knowledge on something. You know, in the early stages of launching my first company, it was a company that where I was rejected really from all sides. I was rejected by potential investors. I was rejected by retailers. I was rejected by people that I wanted to hire and by potential business partners. It was just rejection city for me. During this arduous period, however, rejections ultimately and over time became acceptances. I expanded, deepened, and sharpened my skills. I learned more about business and myself than any other period in my life. I found that there was no substitute for this kind of training. My MBA and my previous employee-based learning was nothing, nothing compared to the real-life lessons that I learned launching a business and putting myself in those difficult situations. Most of us, of course, have heard the expression, anything worth doing is worth doing well. But my amendment to this has been, anything worth doing is worth the risk of rejection. So what are my thoughts on conquering rejection? Well, I've concluded that there are really two ways to overcome or deal with rejection. One way is to learn how to handle rejection when or after you're rejected. And you will become rejected because that's just a fact of life and happens every day. Number two, though, the other way to conquer rejection when you do take a risk is to reduce the chance of rejection in the first place or at least reduce rejection by a considerable degree based on how you approach the risk. So these eight tips that I offer are the things that I do, and so I hope that at least a few of them will help you too. So here we go. Tip number one on how to conquer rejection. I'm gonna start off really broadly here. Tip number one is choose to live a meaningful life choose to live a meaningful life. You know, life is tough. The world and people and forces around you have their own interests that are different from yours. So you have to expect to get knocked around quite a bit and thereby acquire lots of psychological bumps and bruises. But if you choose to live a meaningful life, you fortify your ability to withstand those opposing or contrasting forces. And I think... If you don't consciously choose to make life meaningful, time can go by so quickly that you can find yourself later in life, finding that what you did with your time was not meaningful or personally transformative. So I think the main point to this tip number one is that life is short. And with this life is short mentality, it pushes you outside your comfort zone It awakens you to a broader life context and it creates a motivation that goes just beyond a quest for fun or security or safety because a quest for these things are ultimately not satisfying when life is over. So when all is said and done, you want to say that you've lived a meaningful life, you've explored the boundaries, principles and fringes of life and of yourself and as a result you see things that others don't see, you've gained a richer understanding of things that others don't fully understand, which can provide a higher level of contentment and purpose, I think, to make any risk you take worth it. I mean, just think of a period of time in your past, maybe if you went to college, maybe you studied too much and didn't establish the relationships that you wish you could have. Or conversely, maybe you didn't study enough and maybe dropped out because you saw college as an obstruction to watching TV or other forms of fun or entertainment. And of course, each person has their own definition of what a meaningful life consists of for them. But I think that the common thread is that it puts each individual into a zone that allows for more risk-taking, more resilience or quicker recovery time. Because whatever quest they're on or you're on, it's important to them and it's aligned with their values or beliefs. So choosing to live a meaningful life can make the concept of or the feeling of failure far less relevant and therefore less painful to what you're doing because you're really aiming for meaning, which overcomes any feelings of stupidity or embarrassment So I hope this first tip makes at least some sense to you, but for me, it's been one of the cornerstones to being able to deal with and conquer rejection. So just a short story, when I started my first company, Morphic, I I thought I knew what I was up against, that my chances of success, at least according to general statistics, were not that great, but I didn't want to just be an employee for a company, even if I had failed at my own thing, I really wanted to explore the boundaries of what I was capable of. I wanted to live a more meaningful life, whatever the result. So that was really my tip number one. So for tip number two on how to conquer rejection, that tip is to be grateful for what you have. Again, it's a very broad, but for this tip, I believe this is also another cornerstone to being able to conquer rejection. Being grateful for what you have and taking inventory on those people and things on a weekly basis and really absorbing them into your psyche can really fortify your commitment and resilience to against any obstacles that confront us. Most of us, I think, operate and live with a general feeling of insecurity. When we see others and the world around us, we see that we don't measure up, that this person has a bigger house or a nicer car or a better education or better social skills or a better network or whatever. And as a result, I, I think we feel a scarcity within ourselves, which limits our motivation to take a risk or to recover from a mistake or to try something new. But conversely, by taking inventory on the things that we do have, however small, the things that are available on our terms and under our control, and then shining a light and placing weight on those things, whether it be a simple skill or a family heritage or set of values or a knack for something or a particular thing that you're good at, those things can really tip the scale in your favor and help you realize that your quest for something that might seem risky is really not that risky at all because you can really see that whatever you gain in addition to that is just really icing on the cake. So if you reach or ask for something or pursue something that you didn't have in the first place and you don't get the first time, for example, if you get rejected, you really don't lose anything because you still have the things that you always had before you reached to the, or reached for the other thing. So it's true, you really have nothing to lose. Another short story on that for me is that recently I was at a conference, a marketing conference alone, and I wanted to meet eight different keynote speakers to invite them to be interviewed for my Inner World of Entrepreneurs interview series. And going up to eight different speakers at eight different times throughout two days, one by one, in a crowd of people where there's high demand for those people, is not an easy thing for me to do, especially as an introvert. So in, in fact, I, I feel very insecure doing that sort of thing. But what I do before approaching someone, these very important people, so to speak, is to take inventory about the great things that I have in my life such as my wife, my family, my previous successes in getting interviews scheduled or in business, or even the fact that I was a captain of my soccer team in high school, as crazy as that sounds. But these are the things that lift me, give me the courage to go up to these people, because I think, well, even if the person I'm approaching rejects me, at least I have this history of things or list of current things that I'm grateful for that they can't really take away from me. So that's tip number two, being grateful for what you have. On to tip number three on how to conquer rejection. Tip number three is really to pursue something that is worth getting rejected for. To pursue something that is worth getting rejected for. So this is very similar to my first and second tip I was very conscious of this tip when I started my first company, the clothing company. I, I was very self-aware at the time that if the company failed, I wanted that pursuit to at least be worth the failure. Out of all the things that I could launch for me at that time, a clothing company was something that I could feel better about if I had failed at it because I knew that was something that was worth the attempt. I had other business ideas to consider at the time, but to me, they weren't worth it, even if I had succeeded with those businesses to some degree. I'm not sure if this makes sense to a lot of people, but I understood that launching a company was difficult, and that nine out of 10 companies usually fail. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to fail, I'll at least want it to be a failure based on something that I can really commit to learn from and meet some great people and leverage that knowledge and experience in the future. So if you do get rejected or if you fail, that rejection should be more comfortable than living with the regret of trying to do that thing in the first place. Does that make sense? And I knew that even if I failed at that first company, I wouldn't regret it because it was something that I really, really wanted to do. Okay, so on to tip number four here. Tip number four on how to conquer rejection is to focus 100% on helping people. Think about this. If your focus is 100% on helping other people, such as customers or potential customers, for instance, and understanding them and their fears, their frustrations, their challenges, dreams, goals, truly helping these people accomplish what they need with what you're offering, it takes you away from thinking about yourself and your insecurities and fears of being rejected or fear of taking that risk. And if you get rejected in that situation, At least you can take comfort in knowing that you are taking the high road for the right reasons to help that person. You can feel good about that. And if your interests are pure in helping someone, then you feel, then you shouldn't feel any guilt or shame about it, right? Focusing 100% on helping people can make you far more resilient than if you're more concerned about how you might look or come across, things like that. So, plus, even if you're rejected, and chances are you would not be rejected, the person or group that turns you down would still probably respect you for your attempt. And aiming for respect should be a good goal for you to have. At least, it would be a good byproduct. Okay, so that was tip number four, focusing on helping people. My tip number five on how to conquer rejection is to grow up in an entrepreneurial household, to grow up in an entrepreneurial household. So this is sort of a goofy one because obviously not everyone has grown up in an entrepreneurial household like I did. But I think it's still instructive for those that seek to get better at becoming more resilient. For me, growing up in an entrepreneurial household taught me a key thing firsthand, That doesn't always come natural, I think, to those that have grown up in households where parents were employed. My dad, who was an entrepreneur and who was self-made to a large extent, could go up to people in stores or restaurants and ask for things that normal people just would not ask for. And he would do it in a way that was non-confrontational, trustworthy, and sincere, sort of disarming those that possessed what he was interested in. His approach wasn't calculated or contrived in any way, it was just him being himself and being transparent and friendly in how he would inquire about things. And oftentimes he would get what he wanted by using this approach because people basically trusted his demeanor and gave him the benefit of the doubt even if they didn't know him, which was often the case. One time when I was in high school, we were at a pizza restaurant. It was a chain restaurant, I think, and he walked in the back of the kitchen where the cooks were, and he started talking to employees in the back room. I can't remember what it was about, but it was just a friendly discussion about the food equipment or something like that, and it didn't really upset any of the employees just because my dad had a friendly, natural inquiry about something. And I think the art and natural authenticity of him doing that gave the employees assurance that he wasn't there to cause a commotion but just to inquire about something. The point here is that he was not concerned at all about rejection. It seemed to be the last thing on his mind. Instead, his sincerity of learning about something or asking about something was his main goal, and even if he was disallowed from his request, it wouldn't prohibit him from doing it again somewhere else i think that the mo- i think that most people that are not entrepreneurs have limitations or structures in their mind that they shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that sort of thing they operate within a more traditional social set of rules really but growing up in an entrepreneurial household at least for me exposes you to a mindset where getting rejected isn't the end of the world in fact it's something far from it And growing up in that environment, you observe and incorporate those things into your behavior in a secondhand sort of way. This art of approaching people and requesting something without the fear of rejection. So let's move on to tip number six on how to conquer rejection. And that tip is this. When asking for something, don't expect a yes from somebody. Now this might seem counterintuitive or against the common notion of today's better-known law of attraction idea. But this is an approach that I often take before I ask something from a VIP or a, a very important person. Although I can come very prepared in my requests, I expect them, expect them to say no. By doing so, for me at least, it lowers my anxiety of requesting something from the person in the first place. Does that make any sense? I've, I've sort of already absorbed the real possibility of rejection. I've dealt with it emotionally ahead of time. And since I've done that, that anxiety or sense of high stakes is not with me at the time of my request when I'm with that person making the request. And so I have less of a hint of anxious energy that I'm giving off to spook the person or myself when I approach them. The reason I feel this way is because the fact seems to be that the world and its people basically have their own specific self-interests. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just what it is. People are interested in their own thing or focused on different things, and the likelihood of that person you're requesting something from could very well be rejection. And that's fine. You're just trying to help them after all. My personal story about this is that about 11 years ago, a company that I partially owned was looking for investors. And I was at an upscale restaurant that was jam packed during lunch. And I recognized one of the wealthier and more successful business people in our city who was also an investor in other companies. I didn't know him. He certainly didn't know me, but I did recognize him sitting at a table having lunch with somebody. The e guide that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast gets into the details of the story, but to make a long story short, I really felt fear the idea of approaching this guy while he was having lunch in a packed restaurant. A guy that did not know me at all, but one of the things I did before approaching him and requesting a meeting with him was that I absorbed the idea that he could decline my request to schedule a meeting with him to discuss this investment opportunity. And once I dealt with that likelihood ahead of time, with my anxiety diffused, my approach to him was easier to execute. And it turns out I did eventually get that meeting with him. I did approach him that day, and that story continues with my next tip right now, at tip number seven, which is, When asking for something, don't aim for a yes, but instead aim for gaining respect. Don't aim for a yes, but instead aim for gaining respect. Okay, you do want to get a yes when you request something, but when you aim for gaining respect from that person, your approach to implementing your request with that person is different. Your goal is to gain quick trust with that person, and so your approach to him or her takes careful planning. It doesn't, take, doesn't have to take a lot of time planning, but it does take some careful thought. So getting back to my example of approaching the investor candidate at the, the busy restaurant, before I approached him, I put myself in his shoes. I used empathy as a key tool. I thought about some positive things and, and some negative things. On the negative side, I thought that it's likely that this person feels that he does not want to be interrupted during lunch. I also thought that as a VIP or a very important person, he probably gets a lot of requests from a lot of people and that he might be a bit jaded and mistrusting of others that he doesn't know think and that, thinking that people are always looking to get something from him. Thinking about him in this way helped me shape my thinking on how to approach him. I thought to myself, okay, I can understand if he felt that way. But with that said, I, then I thought, how could I, or what would be the best way to approach him to nearly assure that he would quickly feel comfortable with me if I were to approach him, if there was a way to approach him and avoid stirring up those negative feelings of him, what would my approach look like? And on the positive side, thinking about him putting myself in his shoes, I also thought that it was reasonable to assume that this gentleman wanted to be in the know about cool business opportunities, especially if there was evidence of real promise about that opportunity. And since he was an older guy, I thought that maybe... Just maybe he might be impressed by or have instant respect for a younger guy, which I was at the time, having the guts to courteously and respectfully approach him in a very busy and complicated environment. Like I said previously, I did approach him at that restaurant on that day, and I did end up getting the meeting with him at his office within a few weeks after that day at lunch. There are some additional juicy tidbits to share about this story, which I'd love to talk about, but perhaps you can email me to inquire about those things, or or maybe we can talk on the phone about it. Obviously, there's a lot of podcast listeners, but I want to sort of keep this podcast a little bit concise, but it's really, there's a lot more detail to that story. But with that said, let's now move on to the final tip, tip number eight, which is really in the category of how to avoid being rejected in the first place, even when you're taking a risk. And it's actually the nuts and bolts of the approach I used to successfully schedule a meeting with the investor guy at the restaurant. Okay, so tip number eight for conquering rejection. And that tip is this, when asking for something, study and know your audience and plan your approach. I'm not sure what that sounds like to you, but it's really, really simple and it's quick to do and it's enormously effective. What I mean by studying your audience and planning your approach can best be communicated with the e-guide that I'll make available to you now on my website at Venturesuperfly.com where this podcast episode is located. And I I believe this is episode number 12. But suffice it to say, this two-step approach has really, really helped me reduce my rejection rate by, I would say, 75% when I approach VIPs. I'll go through the method very quickly on this podcast episode, but the e-guide gets into better examples and stories, so I encourage you to check that out. So there are five steps to reduce your rejection rate following this method. It includes five simple fill-in-the-blank steps that I learned when I started my career in advertising when creating an advertisement or a marketing campaign. Because an ad is a message designed to influence or convince a potential customer. And so this quick five to 10 minute planning approach that I will share with you now is designed to help you influence someone and avoid or reduce rejection rates. And what I do when I'm confronted with an opportunity to speak to someone but want to avoid rejection is to quickly write down these five key headings maybe on a napkin or a piece of paper or something to focus and organize my thoughts. And this is literally what I did in about five minutes when I saw the business guy investor at the busy restaurant. The first of five things I quickly wrote down were, number one, who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? In other words, I kind of filled in more information about who I imagined this person to be. Who are they? And within the context of your request to this person, what is his or her situation? What are her interests, her goals, her dreams, frustrations, or fears? And I listed those things down quickly, maybe in bullet point form, just to root myself in the perspective of the person that I'm approaching. And really, the things you write down can be pretty basic, such as that they want to feel respected, They want to belong to something greater than themselves or they want to be aware of opportunities that will benefit them. These are all good things. There are other details about this in the e-guide that I mentioned earlier. The key point here is that you're igniting your empathy about that person in this part, which is important when approaching and talking with them. The second of five things that I quickly wrote down was under the heading of What's the key idea to be communicated? This is really defining your very specific ultimate main message or your main point on approaching this person. It might be something like, I have a business opportunity that could benefit your business or grow your wealth. There are all sorts of ideas that you could put in there depending on your situation. And the third of five things that I quickly wrote down was under the heading of, what must my message accomplish? This is your primary overall goal or mission, or the key takeaway that you'd like to see after you communicate your message to the person or the audience that you're approaching. It might be something like, I want this VIP to respect me, be motivated with my offer, and maybe schedule a meeting with me. Those are just quick examples. The fourth heading is labeled as, how will they know this? How will the VIP know this? How will they trust me? Here, you think about and write down the top one, two, or three points that support your message to the person or group you're talking to. These top three points or support points are your strongest, most compelling points to give credibility and trustworthiness to what your key idea is. This backs up your key idea. And it might be things like, if your message is aimed at an investor, something like, our product has sold faster than Red Bull energy drink at retail locations like Dick's Sporting Goods or Target or something like that. And that was actually the message I used back then to sort of capture his attention. And finally, the last of the the five elements is labeled as under the heading of executional considerations. Executional considerations is basically the style in which you use to implement your approach. You might just think about having relaxed eye contacting or looking and feeling confident or being friendly, trusted, those types of things that sort of alters and defines your approach to help boost your success. So, Like I said, please check out the e-guide that's associated with this podcast on the Venture Superfly website to get a better idea of how to leverage this sort of killer approach to get VIPs to give you something that you need without being rejected or at least significantly reducing the chance of being rejected. Okay, so we're sort of at the end of this podcast. So in closing, I want to add that even though or even when you do get rejected, there are two key benefits to being rejected. First, in my experience in looking back, rejection can help clarify what's most important to you. When you're challenged or rejected, you're forced to discern your core beliefs. You're pressed to think, what do I really believe? And, is this really that important to me? If you realize that these things are less important than previously thought because of the rejection, then reduce your emphasis on them and instead focus on matters that are more meaningful to you. And second, discomfort and pain often results in rebirth. And rejection is obviously a form of discomfort. Although many people seek harmony, I welcome a bit of tension because the concept of rebirth as an outcropping from pain applies to every living organism. It's sort of a key principle of life. For example, your fingers first bleed when learning how to play guitar or a blade of grass Struggles through a cement crack to reach nutrient sunshine, or the severe pain of childbirth soon leads to a collective joy. So, pain can lead to new, greater things. And finally, obviously, you know this, but remember that fear limits our progress. But many of our fears are blown wildly out of proportion. If we get rejected it's often not as bad as we expected and by demonstrating that we can rebound from rejection or better yet that it doesn't affect us it can engender respect among others and it makes us stronger so don't let the threat of rejection overpower your courage to advance in your life challenge a small fear today in fact It will likely eliminate a more painful remorse later. Thanks for listening. Check out the e-guide I was talking about, and I look forward to connecting during the next podcast episode.
0: Well, you've just listened to another episode of Product Launch Rebel featuring John Benzik of Venture Superfly. To download episodes of previous shows or for other entrepreneur-related resources, visit VentureSuperfly.com. Be sure to like Venture Superfly on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to Product Launch Rebel in iTunes. Join us for our next Product Launch Rebel episode, where we'll continue to reveal insider tips on how to launch and grow your physical product-based business.